Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. And all that we want is a brilliant pop album. And we've got one because on the turntable this week, it's Happy Nation by Ace of Bass. Uh, now, uh, a couple of things to, to just to get off the list, uh, get off the desk before we get into the episode proper. First of all, we just had a horrifying moment that this was actually our 200th episode, but due to a clerical error, it was incorrect. And this is episode 202. 202, yes. Yes, we wrote out a list. Let's be honest, day of recording is the day that our 200th album has just gone out. And just for the first time ever, wrote a list of, of them all in order. And I'd, my heart sank when I thought of the episode we've just put out for our 200th album anniversary was actually our 198th album. <laughs> Which would be very fitting of us, actually, some, and some of the uh, boobs we make. Mm. Speaking of boobs, hope you've all listened to our bloopers episode, which uh, uh, has been creating much hilarity. A for real us, giggle, if no one yes. else. Uh, and the second uh, disclosure, full disclosure, is uh, up until the last minute, we weren't sure whether today's episode was the sign or Happy Nation. It's one of those, isn't it, Will? Where it was released in different territories, different names, different track listings, and I had convinced you and me that we were doing the sign as it was released in certain areas and i think you would you were trying to push back well but i wasn't letting you you really were trying to push back and and i, I said no it's the sign we're doing the sign and then just as we were about to record i realized no we're doing happy nation us version to be very clear not the original version if that makes it any more easy to understand i'm actually more confused now than i was before we pressed record <laughs> uh so- why Good. are we talking about uh, the Happy Nation US version? Well, we're talking about the US version of Happy Nation or Happy Nation US version because this month marks 30 years since the release of Wheel of Fortune, Ace of Bases' debut single from their debut album, Happy Nation. N- normal version, standard version. <laughs> Danish, ver- a Swedish version, sorry. Uh, Dan, just... Uh, no, sorry. Th- it was released in Denmark, but they're Swedish. Oh, Will, <laughs> press stop and let's start again. <laughs> so, I think, we're, I think we're clear now. I Although you we're... are looking a bit puzzled still, but no. I think that's just part of the course, isn't it, at this point in the recording? Yeah, just my face. It's just my face. Rest, resting puzzled face. But actually, I should, I should be thrilled. I should have a big Cheshire grin on my face because Ace of Base have been on the long list since day one of Track by Track, which is nearly four years ago. Finally now, after 200 albums, we're talking about them. Why has it taken us so long? I mean, I'm not as quite accusatory because it is my fault as well that it's taken us so long, but there's just so much music to talk about. So I've asked and answered my own question there. There's so much to talk about. There's, you know, there's so many things that we had to tick off for anniversaries and, and such like. New albums came out, etc., etc. I also, I think we wanted to, we just wanted to wait till the time was right. You know, that's the kind of thing that Spice Girls say when they get back together. We just want to wait till the time was right. And you know, it's because they wanted to top up the bank balance or something. Oh, Dan, it's not all about money, but it is most of the time. Mm. Ace of Bass, so Swedish group formed in 1990 although their origins go back as far as 1987 
uh, when Jonas first started wanting to make some music and wanting to put a band together. Ace of Base are Jonas, Lynn and Jenny, who are all siblings. Uh, and Ulf. Uh, and that's Ulf with a U, not Alf, as in the weird little alien, brown alien creature. Oh, so when you say Alf, I think of Alf Roberts. Home and Away. <laughs> Coronation Street. Oh, who's Alf in Home and Away? <laughs> Do you remember Alf? He used to have the diner, I think. Yeah, uh, Alf and Elsa. Oh, Elsa, lovely, yeah. And then she saw Bobby coming out of the freezer. Anyway, mm. it's not it's not, it's not, not a soap opera podcast. Despite oh, the fact <laughs> we, we've mentioned Soap Stars, the reality TV show, about 20 times, and we put Barbara Knox's name into as many episodes as possible. I think we've mentioned Barbara Knox more times than the Pet Shop Boys. Oh, yes, actually. Uh, anyway, so they have had a long and illustrious career uh, all the way through from 1990 or 87. Uh, and I think, really, they're still around now. They've never really gone away. And I have to say, Dan, I have loved some of the more recent stuff almost as much as some of the uh, more classic stuff. Now, this is not going to surprise you or probably the listeners at all. First of all, love Ace of Bass. I have wanted to talk about this album since it was put on that long list. Some of the songs on here are kind of all-time favourite pop songs. So this probably will or will not come as a surprise, Will. I've actually never listened to an Ace of Bass album until we were getting ready for this episode. Oh, God. I knew I knew what you were going to say before you'd even said it. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. This album, uh, I, uh, I we'll talk about the tracks, but there's some of my favourite Euro pop songs ever are on this album, and uh, I'm probably not the only one as well. We're going to talk a lot about some of these absolute classics, some of which you'll know, some of which you you won't. Uh, and what's fantastic is these songs are still doing the rounds now, uh, much covered. Uh, so a lot of them have been more recently remixed for the 30th anniversary re-recorded uh and timeless actually really well, yeah. really really are i mean i've thoroughly enjoyed listening to every single song on here i've been so surprised at some of the songs on here as well so actually i can't wait to go through the rest of their discography because i know bits of the flowers album of course with some huge hit singles on there which were amazing um but i have got a lot of homework to do as well Oh well, we'll we'll do this we'll do this episode quite quickly, and then you can get on doing your uh, trigonometry. What? <laughs> you wouldn't want to what disappoint Sir tomorrow morning. No, but I hate to be a bad boy for Sir tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that does surprise me about this band is, and we'll, you know, we'll come on to talk about how successful this album was and the band were in much more detail, but like you said, they are still going, but just with the two lads now, various other singers have, have come and gone in the middle. I feel like it's a real shame that it has, despite the fact they're still making music, they're still doing things, it's a shame that it has fizzled out, really. You know, they're not as prominent as they were. I think most people couldn't name a recent song or a recent album from them and when this album came out they were huge they were everything and everywhere oh dan has uh jessica from liberty x popped up as a singer with them yet uh not yet but i'm sure if they do a, a gig in dubai which kerry katona can't make i'm sure she'll be happy to stand in that or um zoe burkett oh the lovely zoe burkett 
So Happy Nation was the debut album uh, released in 1992 and was the first in a number of hit global smashes. Uh, we'll, obviously, we'll talk about how the album did later, but suffice to say, there are so many bangers on this album, I'm not surprised it rocked the world. Rocked the world twice over. And also, well, just because I'd hate for you or me or the listeners to get confused, uh, as we said, the version we're doing today, Happy Nation, US version in brackets, was released a year later in 93. Just in case, I don't want anyone writing in, saying we got the date wrong, name wrong, title wrong, album wrong, band wrong. They didn't meet in London. They met. They they weren't from London. All that business. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've, never, I never never forget. Never, yeah, I never told you actually. It was me that wrote that comment. <laughs> right. Let's put the record on. So side one, track one. All that she wants. So all that she wants there. Will, is this one of the most recognisable songs from the 90s? Oh, God, yeah. When this starts, you, there's no two ways about it. You know you're at the start of this song and everybody knows the words. Everybody's singing along. Your nana would be singing along if this was played at an engagement party, say, or a wedding reception, which is on the cards. Mm, yeah, a couple of years ago, yeah. Uh, well, it, that's fine because this song will still be around and will still be played all the way back then. I uh, I think, first of all, we should just clear up the fact that all that she wants is another baby. She doesn't want to get pregnant. Baby means boyfriend, really, in this context, isn't it? It does. And uh, oh, two things to say about this, actually. One, didn't realise that until getting ready for the episode. Genuinely thought she was just absolutely desperate to get knocked up again. Uh, secondly, I really hate it when couples call each other baby. I really, really hate it. Well, you and your other half have, have your little names for each other, don't you? Don't even think about mentioning those on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Private moments. Is it, uh, uh, King Dong and... <laughs> <laughs> and no, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> But it really does go through. I hate PDAs and PDAs as public displays of affection and private displays of affection. And also, you're not a fan of PDFs, is that right? I can't stand a PDF. I want to edit it. Come on. Now, and obviously, uh, uh, a promiscuous woman wouldn't want to get pregnant. So almost it's the opposite of what you would originally think, Dan. Yeah, I've I've got the story wrong. I've got the character wrong of this for, well, about 30 years now. I've been singing this song, been humming along to it. I didn't even think about questioning it, Will. How many songs have I got wrong? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. <laughs> I really would need to go through the last 201 albums to find out. Uh, well, not just that. Uh, all of the other stuff we've done as well together. Not in the bedroom. No. <laughs> not yet. Oh, 
All That She Wants was a global hit uh, and di- and was a massive success everywhere. I've got to say, as well as being number one in the UK, got to number two in that uh, incredibly hard to crack US billboard chart as well. And it was basically number one or top five all over the world. Yeah, the fact that it was number one in America, as you said, it's a very rare thing. So many acts have tried and failed to crack the States. What what do you think it was about this song and this band? Because, you know, for all intents and purposes, they're a very poppy band. But actually, this isn't a very poppy song, is it? Well, no, and I, th- I was just about to pose the same question to you, but I'll, I'll offer a few thoughts. Uh, so I guess it's very catchy. There are quite a few hooks in the song. The lyrics are very easy. I wouldn't say they're simple, but they're very easy to remember and to and to sing out, to sing sing back or to do karaoke to. Uh, I also think it's an interesting sort of key that the song is in as well. It makes it a little bit uh, uh, off kilter, a bit of a wonky pop song. Uh, and I, I think it's just, it's just a great, a well-written, well-produced, well-sung pop record. Pop record. And interesting you say about the key world, because obviously we don't generally go into detail about the oh, no. or anything like that. But interestingly, uh, Lynn Bergen, uh, the lead vocalist in this one, did suggest that this went from a major key to a minor key to change the whole feel of the song. And I think when you first listen to it, or when you listen to it for the first time in a while, it's quite clear that it, that even for people like you and I who don't have a bloody clue, it's quite clear that something's quite different about about the key of the song. Wow, that's the most technical we've been for two hundred and one episodes. Mm. And I think some of the mistakes that have been made previously when covering this song is they take it out uh, of that and change the tone and style of the song, and maybe a little bit more about that later not wanting to preempt my further listening but uh, mm. oh. i've got a bit of a treat actually dan wow look forward to that but yeah it's really interesting because i did say they're a pop band i did say this is not a pop song of course it is a pop song but when you think about life as a flower when you think about the sign it feels darker it feels more mysterious i think maybe this was just it was the intrigue that got people that got america and got the uk as well because if you think about music at the time when this came out, it was grunge, it was rave. There weren't really many pop acts around at the time, were there? There weren't, you know, later on in the 90s, there would be a wash with boy bands and girl bands and and mixed bands and all that kind of stuff. But I can't name really a big successful pop group from the early 90s or from 92. And you used to dream about having a wash with boy bands <laughs> yeah. with a flannel. And bands with mixed members as well. <laughs> mixed members. <laughs> and the great thing about this as well, obviously this was their debut, it was a huge smash, so catchy, could easily have been a one-hit wonder, but they had the songs, they had the writing, they had the production that, to go on and have lots of other success. Speaking of writing and production, Dan, can you t- can you tell me? So, well, lyrics and music on this one and the majority of the songs on here from Joker and Buddha, they may sound like new names, but actually Joker is Jonas Bergen, Bergen and Buddha is Ulf Ekberg. So the two male members in the band heavily involved. 
Um, but there are some additional producers on this as well, including TOEC producing this one. Oh, no, are we different. ever gonna? Are we ever gonna not laugh when one of us says male members? I just don't. I think it's impossible. Uh, probably not. And well, just to add uh, com- some more confusion there, I was actually looking at the Happy Nation track listing, not the US version. So it's not TOEC on this track. It's actually Dennis Pop. <laughs> so Dan, this was the number one hit. Who was it? Number two. So when this entered at number five as a new entry. Uh, New entries above it from Two Unlimited with Tribal Dance and number four and Janet Jackson with That's The Way Love Goes at number two. Number one was George Michael and Queen with Lisa Stansfield with the Five Live EP. And again, this was the beginning of May 1993. And the following week, it climbed to number two. And then in its third week, it topped the charts where it remained for, I think, three weeks. George Michael remained at number two. And another new entry that week in the top 10, UB40, I Can't Help Falling In Love With You. And before we move on from this one, Will, just to say this was based on a demo called Mr. Ace, which you can listen to on special edition versions of the album and whatnot, should you wish to. Uh, And they've released lots of special editions, uh, rarities, uh, B-sides, unreleased tracks to celebrate their 30th uh, anniversary. Uh, And they are available on streaming services. And I'm sure in a lovely super deluxe edition as well, somewhere. Stunning. So let's move on then. Track two, Don't Turn Around. Don't turn around there. A cover of, uh, well, a cover of Aswad or a cover of Tina Turner written by Albert Hammond and Diane Warren. Whatever way you look at it, this is a very good Ace of Bass flavoured cover of this song with lots of wonderful uh, touches and noises. uh, And uh, (laughs) Dan, what did you just grin then? Wonderful touches and noises. <laughs> Just took me back to when we had bedrooms next to each other in Florida. What I could hear next door. I was holding a glass up against the wall, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> you've said that a few times now, which does make me think you aren't joking. Well, no comment. No more comments. But yeah, I have to say, I knew of the Aswood version. I'd forgotten about the Ace of Ace version until getting ready for the episode. Uh, and I had no idea that either that it was originally recorded by Tina Turner or that Diane Warren was one of the songwriters. So it was a real slap in the face, actually, when I got into the detail of this one. Not in a bad way. With a big fat hand, actually. Fish. Engorged oh. hand. Yeah. So the Aswad version got to number one. Unfortunately, this only got to number five. Still top five. But Dan, who was who was in spots one to four? So this was in June 1994, Will. It entered at 14, but when this peaked at number five, in four, you had Grid with Swamp Thing. In three, you had Dawn Pen with You Don't Love Me, No, No, No. Uh, we've no, done that no, one. No, we've, no. Oh, we've done that one. Oh, it's a real slow jam, isn't it, that one? 
A real slow Wind down. your body, wiggle your belly. Number two was Big Mountain with Baby I Love You Way. I used to love that one. I had now, I think it was now 29 on cassette. And that was one of the first four or five songs. I loved it. Um, but number one, their fourth of 15 weeks in number one was Wet, Wet, Wet with Love Is All Around. But a top five hit, still a huge feat. And of course, this is one of the songs that was added on from the original version of Happy Nations. Didn't appear on the original version of Happy Nation, but did appear on The Sign, the album. Am I confusing you? Am I confusing everyone? Yes. Good. I think of just course... don't worry about being confused. Just enjoy the songs. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll stop banging on about that. Actually. I'm making it worse, aren't I? No, no, I don't mean you. I'm just talking to our listeners. Oh, sorry. Just assume that's you talking to me. But I think it's quite an interesting choice of a cover because the Tina version only came out in 86. Then the Aswad version came out two years later in 88. And then this was only, of course, four years after that. And also, this is quite similar to the Aswad version, isn't it? But once again, they've changed the key. Uh, yeah, and get used to it, Dan. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, I don't mind a bit of minor, but that is what gives it the, the ace of bass shine, isn't it? Mm. The B-side to this one, Will, uh, when ace of bass released it, young and proud. Well, keep that in mind, Dan, because that is actually track three. Oh! Would it surprise you or would you think it a bit left field if I said this is one of my favourite songs on this album? Mm, no and yes. It uh, Okay. <laughs> it's one of my favourite songs on the album because it does tickle my fancy and ticks my boxes because of the more kind of Eurodance feel. It's a little bit Jean-Michel Jarre at the start. You might say craft work, Dan. Uh, but also you've got some wonderful classic 90s uh, house keys in there as well and a little bit more experimental than some of the more straight up hits yeah this was a real pleasant surprise when I listened to this for the first time a few weeks ago because as I said I knew all the singles admittedly I'd forgotten about Don't Turn Around but I was (laughs) (laughs) I knew them I forgot some of them I mean, there were seven singles from this one, Will. It is up there with our most singles from an album campaign, isn't it? But I was surprised by how trancy it was when it started. And it was only later when looking into the history of the band that I realised that in a way that's how they started, isn't it? They were really into trance music. And you do hear that scattered throughout this album. But like you say, when those house key sounds come in, those synths, you kind of realise that while they were very different to what was around at the minute, they were clearly there clearly was an influence from the sounds of the time. Obviously, late eighties is when house dance rave music was really picking up, and they just took that and turned it into pop. And while that's quite a common thing throughout time, again, not many people were doing it as pop stars at that time. Uh, a common thing 
through Ace of Bases time, that's for sure. And you will hear a lot more of those kind of dance, house, trance influences through a lot of their, this album, but a lot of the albums as well. And that's one of the things I love about them. They can do these incredibly catchy pop hits. At the same time, they can do something like this, which wouldn't feel out of, pre- out of place at a rave up now in the middle of the Cotswolds. Oh, I prefer a cottage Airbnb, actually, if it's all the same. <laughs> we went, a couple of, me and a couple of friends went cottaging in the Cotswolds last year. Mm. Staycation. Lovely. Yeah, thanks for the thanks for the invite. Also, lyrically, oh, lyrically, I'm just washing over that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love the enthusiasm, the energy, the vigor, if you like, of this one. It opens up with "We're much too young and life's so big. We don't know what the future brings. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, we are united." It feels like a, a an anthem for the young and for the proud. Mm. Uh, and whilst that track was playing, I had a look on Super Deluxe Edition, a wonderful website for all of your rare vinyl CD music needs. And uh, Ace of Base have indeed, or back in 2020, they released uh, an 11 CD and DVD box set uh, with all the albums, uh, videos and hidden gems included in it. So a must if you're a big fan. Uh, and you can still get it on Amazon for uh, just under £50. Pounds. £50? Pounds. Oh, you've spent a lot more on Abertut over the years, Dan. Oh, wow. I mean, you mentioned Abba. I can't believe we haven't mentioned Abba. Yeah, of course. This is a, a family band. Two boys, two girls. The likeness is there, isn't it? And not only on the, on the story, but in the songwriting as well. And, of course, they're Swedish. Yeah, and they do very affectionate. Um, and I'm sure if we spoke to Benny and Bjorn, um, they would say the same thing. But Young and Proud, the other thing about this is I love how it starts with just the music. You get a good half a minute to a minute of just that music building up the story. But also, I mentioned the lyrics, but the melody of it as well is really intriguing. It also draws you into the story and very different to the kind of more simplistic don't turn around um, or Mm. even the more stripped back all that she wants track number four now this is a big one the side sign there and interesting story with this track isn't there dan because this wasn't originally on the original version of happy nation because this was actually meant for the next album yes so i think it was i think the band were taken by surprise a little bit when all that she wants was such a big hit oh goodness me particularly (laughs) in the states so the plan was to very quickly put out album number two and then there was something about the record company didn't want people buying Happy Nation, the original version, on import, which is why they decided to add the songs onto Happy Nation and release that as the sign in the US and re-release it as Happy Nation US version 
in the UK. It's all starting to make sense. But it definitely feels like the album that we know now and, and the US version of Happy Nation or The Sign or whatever, it feels it feels like without the songs that were thrown onto it, maybe it would have been lacking something with the version that we got in the end. Fantastic pop album. This is another huge song for the band, uh, almost as big uh, and as ubiquitous for them as All That She Wants. And again, it bears a lot of the same hallmarks in the kind of different approach in production to the key, the kind of reggae dance feel, uh, and some more hooks than a New Order album. Not music complete. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> more hooks than an early New Order album. Um, do you think, Will, if they had one trademark song, one calling card, is it this? Or is it all that she wants? Or is it something else? Oh, I don't know, because there are so many that I would say, because Happy Nation for me was always quite an iconic track. But then obviously you've got uh, Life is a Flower. Love that one. You've got, yeah, We Live in a Free. Oh, no, we'll, we'll do that eventually one day on Track by Track. Uh, always Have, Always always Will. That wonderful cover of Cruel Summer. Uh, and many, many more. But I probably would say it's too close to call between the sign and all that she wants. It is too close to call. But this was, of course, a huge hit single. As you said before... Wait, did you already mention this? only got to number two. I can't remember. No, I haven't mentioned it yet, Dan. This track only got to number two uh, in the UK. Uh, I'm gagging to know in a second who was at number one, but... It did get to number one in the US uh, and was almost as big a hit as All That She Wants across the world. Dan, come on then. Who was the number one? So this was February 1994, entered at number seven. The only other new entry that week, Swade, was Stay Together. And at number one was Mariah Carey with Without You. And when it jumped up to number two, Mariah still at number one, where she would actually stay for four weeks the sign dropped a couple of places, went back up to number two, but was held off that time by dupe, by dupe. And when are we doing the dupe album, Will? <laughs> there is one. There is an album. Is so there? Don't, yeah. Be careful what you wish for. I was being facetious. Not like I'll me, wait till you're off on holiday and then I'll I'll do it with the guest host. <gasps> you wouldn't. You would. Of course. Of course not. Of course not. And this one, uh, written by just Jonas Bergren on his own, and then produced by him with Dennis Pop again and Douglas Carr. Now, Will, when I think of this song, though, I have to say, now, this isn't the first version that enters my mind. Can you guess what it might be? Oh, no, go on. It's the version from Pitch Perfect. Have you seen it? Oh, really? No, I haven't seen it. I think you'd absolutely hate it actually um but it's a really fun film about acapella vocal groups and they do a wonderful version of this as one of their uh, mashups if that's what they call them and that that's the version that's when i hear the song when i sorry when i see the the name of the song that is what i can't get out of my head for a long time uh whilst we're on that note actually there's a wonderful like easy listening big band cover version of this song i was trying to find it before we recorded today uh because i can't for the life of me remember who did it uh but it's wonderful 
But uh, answers on a postcard. Also, Will, was it just me or did you used to think they were singing I Saw the Sun? No, just you. Just me. Okay, that's great. So, track number five then, Living in Danger. So after the sign and maybe one of the poppiest moments so far on the album, I love how this goes back, really gets into that reggae sound and a little bit darker as well. And what I think really helps with that, one of my favourite parts about this, is the male vocal on the chorus. That sort of chant that's going on. Well, yeah, it's more of a kind of sort of a a rappy, uh, distorted rappiness in the background with slightly kind of vocoded sort of speaker style effects uh which does give it a kind of gravelly also uh the ladies voices have that kind of the lower they go down an octave i want to say mm. no don't say anything you don't know about actually they just got <laughs> lower voice they've got lower voices but it's hypnotic isn't it it's really hypnotic and those backing vocals i do believe come from john ballard who is a Swedish record producer uh, and worked with Ace of Bass for through through the nineties, uh, but did some other work on this album as well. This was the last single they released, the seventh single they released, and suffice to say, it was nowhere near as huge a hit. Uh, it got to number eighteen in the UK, uh, got to number twenty in the US. Not bad actually for the seventh single off an album, uh, and actually, it's still pretty banging isn't it still we were singing along like we'd only just listened to it an hour ago because we had because we had but yeah this was the first the second week sorry of january 1995 when this was released so it's always a bit of a weird time for the charts but some great stuff in there will and some familiar names uh another entry number 13 for portishead with glory box number 11 you had wigfield with another day 10, Zig and Zag, Them Girls, Them Girls. New entries, uh, Guns N' Roses with Sympathy for the Devil at nine. Entrance with Set You Free at number six. Kelly Lorena coming soon to Track by Track. Hopefully. And hanging on at number four, E17 with Stay Another Day. Of course, Christmas number one, I think, that year. But number one was Rednecks with Cotton Eye Joe. Um- I think you prefer that one, actually, but I would never admit it. I would hate to admit it, because you've said it, now I don't want you to be right. That's the only reason. Good lad. And the song, Will, is about living in danger, is about... not being peer pressure into things, not listening to other people's opinions too much, not trusting them. In fact, Jenny said it's also about things like uh, smoking and drinking. So really, Dare, if you remember Dare, Drug Abuse Resistance Education, mm. they should have taken this song on. 
Oh, blimey, Dan, you're trying to sell their songs down the river. First of all, to the queer community and now to the drug and alcohol abuse community. I'm just trying to help, Will. I'm only trying to, he's only trying to help, boys and girls. <laughs> you do say that a lot when you just make matters worse. I was only <laughs> trying to help. Okay, track number six now. Oh. Mm-hmm. Voulez food dancer. Voulez-vous danser avec moi? No. <laughs> uh, again, wow. Absolute wow. Uh, one, another one of my favourites for some similar reasons to when we talked about uh, Young and Standing Proud. This is an absolute quintessential 90s house banger. And I was also thinking at the same time, this could still it still sounds fresh now because a lot of the sounds a lot of the approaches and a lot of music that's sampled now as well features a lot of the things in this song as well and when that chorus kicks in how can you not want to do anything other than dance cry oh, oh dance yeah sorry Dan- yes. dance and dance. cry at the same time ah uh, dancing on the bathroom floor ah uh. What a, what a wonderful, wonderful album track. Absolutely wonderful. Well, a wonderful album track. And also, this was the album opener for the original version of Happy Nation. Oh, yes. That would have been a way to get you in, wouldn't it? Get you on the dance floor. This would be a great start to the album. But it wouldn't necessarily set the stall out for the album because, again, this is the other side of Ace of Bass. It's not one of the pop, uh, iconic pop songs. It's one of the more... Uh, experimental dance, house dance, disco bangers. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think it was the right thing to do to put all that she wants at the start, have this as a little surprise and a pick me up later on. And I love, I mean, is it is it too easy to make the comparison? But we mentioned ABBA, of course, Voulez-vous, one of their biggest dance songs. Do you think they were playing into that or do you think it's just by chance Voulez-vous dancer arrived? Take a chance, take a chance, take, take a, a chance. Take a chance, chance. Uh, you, you could almost, where Voulez-vous is very much of that time, this is very much of this time as well. So hard to say, but I like to think there's channeling some ABBA into something more up-to-date of the 90s. And yeah, ABBA meets Happy House on this one. Oh. Which is a great I'm not, thing. I'm, I'm not going to complain about that. If Absolutely ABBA did not. want to... Maybe they've recorded some Happy House for some uh, ABBA Voyage in the future. Oh, can you imagine? ABBA Voyage goes to the 90s. Wonderful. Oh, what about an Ace of Base Voyage, Will, seeing as though it doesn't look likely? I mean, we've not really mentioned it yet. We have said that the band continue. The sisters have since left. Jenny, of course, uh, tours on her own, playing Ace of Base songs. And they've all kind of said it's probably unlikely they'll get back together. I mean, first of all, it would be wonderful if they did. It'd be a real moment. 
But second of all, how about an Ace of Base Voyage instead? Well, uh, hold your horses, Dan, because I'm sure the world and his wife will want to be doing one of those style shows now after the uh, uproarious success uh, of Abbey Voyage. Mm. But of course, not every band can do it. If you if you haven't got all of your members in check and ready mm. to go, you can't do it. That's the, that's the magic of it. Not to make every single episode about Abbey Voyage now, but it was life-changing, wasn't it? And Dan, as you always say, every member needs to be ready to go. Absolutely, yeah. Prized and ready to perform as well. Yep. Give it their mm-hmm. all. Mm. And this one will, as well as moving uh, track number on this version of the album, also was slightly revised. Some different lyrics on this one than the original version. Oh, nice nice detail. I think on the original one, it was just called Would You Like to Dance? All right, next up, we have got... Oh, Dan, this is relentless, this album. And I'm not complaining. Happy Nation. something a little bit more downplayed and that kind of moody uh house electro with again a reggae beat pumping through very much ace of bass's signature style and what i love about this is the atmosphere that it creates about it's talking about the need to be positive the need for everybody to get along and work together the same time very atmospheric sounds a sound which someone like moby himself would absolutely kill for on one of his records and yeah we haven't really talked about how many artists are influenced or have spoken about how ace of bass were a huge influence on them but people like lady gaga with alejandro and other things from the fate monster i think Katy perry as well has called them an influence but so many of the biggest pop stars uh, which makes perfect sense because I guess when they were younger in the early 90s, Ace of Bass were the biggest pop stars. Yeah, and was I'm a very formative for a lot of pop stars now. And there's a, I've, there's a song coming up as well where that's very applicable to, uh, which we'll get to. But I think this, the versatility that they have in creating these fantastic compositions that are one minute uh, oh, I'm repeating myself here but like one minute it's a really catchy pop song another minute it's a dance track uh another and then next you've got something more atmospheric and something a bit a bit darker uh love the range darling the range haven't got the range and this one it is a bit of a juxtaposition because it has got that atmospheric that quite moody sound to it but they are singing about you know, wanting a happy nation. And this was written because Ulf from the band, he, um, the, the press reported about how he used to be a neo-Nazi, which wasn't all entirely true. Um, but this was meant to be a kind of response to it. And um, you know, a lot of people just focus on the bad, a lot of people focusing on how, on how bad things are, but trying to be positive. 
delivered in a way that only Ace of Base could. Well, not to bring the positivity down, but it only got to number 40 in the UK. Uh, and it did get released here twice. Uh, it did fare a lot better uh, in their motherland and across Europe, uh, but didn't exactly set the world on fire as much as some of their other hits. And I'm not going to run down the entire top 40. Will you be thrilled to know that this <laughs> was, the yeah, the second time it was released, October 1994, in at number one, a new entry. Take that with Shaw. Also, again, now 29. This was definitely now 29 because in the top 10, you've got Stay, I Miss You by Lisa Loeb. You've got Michelle Gale with Sweetness. You've got Corona with Rhythm of the Night. You've got Cindy Lauper with Hey Now, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. You've got Pato Bantam with Baby Come Back. So that was all now 29. Love that album. And another one of the great parts about this song, Will, that introduction and that Latin, Latin on a nice bass song, which is mm. delivered by... Joker, which is who is, of course, Jonas. Jonas or Jonas, Will, in Swedish? Jonas, please. Jonas. Sorry, Jonas. Um, and it translates to sing praises, all you peoples, sing praises, the greatest of all time, and my soul too glorifies the greatest of all time. It is, of course, uh, from the Bible. Hmm. Okay, track number eight now. Hear me calling. talk about the fantastic album artwork no dan close your mouth please because i we are this, not a codfish but i am shocked i know but i've got to do it somewhere and i do like this track I, in fact i really like it but this is the best shot we're going to get today to talk about the album artwork mm. come on then. come on then all right i know you're not happy but i'm not really not happy I'm about to take a break after this actually i'm just going to uh, calm oh, down go signed off sick again yeah yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry about all that business, by the way. I know we're really behind. We're actually recording this live as it's meant to go out because it's been <laughs> off for so long. So uh, two album covers. Happy Nation US version uh, is... Uh, you've only got the two ladies on there. Uh, you've got uh, wonderful uh, reds and greens. And I don't know what that imprint is, Dan. Is it a flower? I think it's a flower because life is a flower, Will. It wasn't on this album. No, 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 but a hint of a tease. And the original version I really like because it's just a big, massive globe, but it looks like a mirror ball. So they're taking that happy nation very literally. The first one, though, I like it. Looks a little bit cheap. Uh, The second one is more known as the album cover that we know and love for this album anyway. And uh, the two ladies look absolutely wonderful. Stunning. Stunning. But I really enjoy this sort of techno dance track anyway. Are so, you sure? Yes, yes. Sorry. Uh, you're a big fan, evidently. Well, I was going to... I was almost cut you off as you were about to uh, intro that song because I was going to say, I think this is the single that should have been 
and I think actually, obviously, seven singles on this album. I think this could have been in place of some of the others. I love the the synths on this one, the energy of this one. And what's really interesting about this is that this is the only track on the album where the lyrics are by Lynn and Jenny. And also they contribute to the music of this one as well. And so what they bring to the song, I absolutely love. And I think this is one of the ones where you can definitely hear, you know, the future pop girlies, Gaga and, and whatnot. I think this is one of the ones that would have inspired them. Oh, damn, we are torn. Mm. Torn apart. Natalie Brulia. <laughs> and that album does turn 25 later this year. FYI. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But yeah, another one as well, where had you only heard All That She Wants and The Sign and Don't Turn Around, then this would have been a very pleasant surprise. And in fact, I always wonder, Will, because I, I can't be alone in not getting around to listening to everything. Are you, are you, dear listener, listening to this album, this episode right now, sorry, is that the first time you've heard that clip? Is Are you now desperate to go and listen to the rest of the song? Does that happen a lot when you listen to Track by Track? Do let us know. At Track by Track UK. Track number nine then, and this is Waiting for Magic. I've been listening to the 12 inverse of that song all week uh, in running up to this episode because I can't get enough of this one. It's my second favourite non-single on the album uh, and one of my favourite songs on the album because I love the energy to it. I think the 7-inch version, which is what's on the album, has got the best intro uh, into a song on the album. Um, and that chorus is just infuriatingly catchy and once you get it in your head you'll be wandering around all day going kiss me baby well yeah it's almost criminal how catchy that is because the way that the keyboards and the vocals and that melody and the harmonies work together it's beyond catchy and in a completely different way to the sign or any you know any of the other singles uh it's wonderful this is one that I wasn't aware of. You mentioned before it wasn't a single, of course it wasn't a single in the UK, but was mm. a single elsewhere. And, and not at all surprised, this was also it reached number one uh, in Israel, it reached number five in Finland. This was, you know, this was a big hit elsewhere. Could this have been a big hit in the UK? Yeah, it's got a very Euro pop sound to it, hasn't it? Uh, but again, I love the keys in it. I love the pace to it. I love the bass in it. Uh, I just think it's another. Uh, it's so hard to to pick fault with this album. But will I have to say I've not experienced the twelve inch version, so oh, I will have Dan, to. Dan, give yourself a treat tomorrow morning. Oh, not in the morning. No, I don't think I could handle that in the morning. Will be too pounding. I'll too after too this, much after too much for the morning. Yeah. Ah, have it for afters after. Yeah. <laughs> And the version that we have here, Will, is a remix of the version that appeared on the original version of Happy Nation. There are a few versions of this track and a few remixes of them, and I would encourage you to explore them all. 
We do encourage exploring across the board. And exploring and experimenting. Hmm. Now, Dan, I think it's time for a party. Oh. So let's put some of our favourite clothes on and have a fashion party. Fashion party there. Wow. That was... (laughs) I bet you weren't expecting that. Quite intense. Quite a turnaround from the sign. And I do have to say, Will, I've been waxing lyrical about how much I enjoy this album, how much I enjoy the different sounds on this album. This, to be honest with you, is probably my least favourite so far. It's just a little bit too much of that rave dance sound going on and not enough of the classic pop songwriting that I think of when I think of Ace of Base. You see, it was a toss-up between this one and the other track for me, but I think The Edge has it because it's a fashion party, but I can imagine it being quite a dark fashion party in like a Berlin warehouse or something somewhere. It's that edge to it. It just feels like it's got teeth and I really enjoy seeing that side of Ace of Base on these album tracks and Fashion Party. Uh, you could imagine Lady Gaga doing something like this, actually. Well, she had the song Fashion, didn't she? And also, of course, Bowie had the big song Fashion as well. So love pop songs about fashion. But this isn't my favourite one. Oh, Dan, we're disagreeing again. But that's good. That's healthy. A nice... In a podcasting relationship. A heated debate, boys and girls. Yes. Gonna stop saying boys and girls soon. That's getting a bit old. (laughs) (laughs) Unless they like it. Track 11 now. Wheel of Fortune. With John Leslie and Jenny Powell. I just had to check that I wasn't playing the dub version of it because it's a lot more sparse for lyrics. Not that that's a bad thing because you've still got that kind of reggae dance pop sound running through it. And what's really nice is it kind of breathes a little bit at the start before you get into the drums. Uh, bongos? Not bongos. Um, what are those ones where you go... Oh, um, are they bongos? No, they're not bongos, are they? And of course, we mentioned it right at the start of the episode. This was the debut single. And I genuinely do think they set out their stall. Wonderful pop melodies, Mm. great vocals, great harmonies. The reggae sound really strong in this one. Uh, I think it was a great first single for their home territories. But of course, we didn't get it as the lead single. We got All That She Wants. 
And a remixed, uh, re-edited, uh, reproduced version was released in 2009, as well as this song. And maybe a little bit more about that later, Will. Ooh. Uh, the original version got to number 20 in the UK. Uh, in Sweden, number 39. Oh, so it's better here at number 20 than it did there. Mm. And that was in August of 93. This was the follow-up single to All This You Want. So obviously not incredible peaking at number 20 but when this entered it was number 21 number one at the time was culture beat with mr vane interestingly will this will probably age us mr vane culture beat was number one when my other half was born <laughs> he's a wee he's a wee lad wee baby he's a wee bear he's 30 next year so he's not not that young <laughs> and he wouldn't mind you saying that yes he would no he'd absolutely love it now, Will, were you a big fan of the game show Wheel of Fortune? I used to love it, but I was more a fan of when it was Nicky Campbell and Carol Smiley. Yes. Were they before? John Leslie John and Jenny and Powell. Yeah. Jenny, yeah. And actually, I'd, I've never actually, I've, I've held off from making this claim to fame, but I'm, I'm going to say it now. I think this is the right time. We've been waiting for this big episode. Um, My brother's best friend at school his uncle was going out with Jenny Powell for a while <laughs> that is such a vague tenuous link it could only be at home on cut my track okay track number 12 now dancer in a daydream favorite song on the album well i wasn't expecting that i love it uh i don't know there's something very i don't know there's just something about it it's a bit uh i don't know it's a bit sexy isn't it oh uh, a bit hypnotic a bit dead sexy dead hypnotic and i just love the vocals on this i love the production to it and i love the fact it is slightly a bit trippy as well uh and dan a pop fact for you do you know who's a massive fan of this song no uh bright light bright light Rob- really yeah mm. well it doesn't surprise me actually he's got the knowledge hasn't he of of uh of pop music and i think particularly 90s pop also definitely someone else who will be inspired by Ace of Bass. And actually, I'd love... He's done some great covers over time. I, d- I hope he hasn't covered them and I've missed it, but I'd love to hear an Ace of Bass cover from Bright Light, Bright Light. Or a remix. Or a duet. I'll stop. <laughs> uh, but there's just something about this song that just stays fresh for me. And I still listen to it constantly. Uh, it's just a, it's just an absolutely brilliant track and one of their best, my opinion. And is it that age-old thing where... You're glad it's not a single, obviously. Seven singles from this album. Are you glad this stayed as an album track? Yeah, it's just for me. Well, it's not just for me, but it's something mm. that if you're an Ace of Ace fan, this is a 
I don't I don't know. Is it a fan favorite? Um, you tell us. But for me, it's a favorite. I mean, one of the things for me about this one, not knowing the track because it wasn't a single, just loved the title from the off. Um, couldn't wait to listen to this one. But also, just to throw another name into the mix of people who they may have been influenced by. We've had ABBA, you know, maybe there's a bit of Boney M in there as well. But the new name I want to throw in is the B-52s. Good one. Yeah, really good. Something about the delivery of the lyrics in this one and some of the others as well, where it's a little bit more off kilter. And when the harmonies clash like Kate and Cindy's do, it's it's a, it's the highest compliment I can give. So... We're on to the last track we're talking about today. Oh. Because this is a 15-track album with two remixes at the end. And we know we don't generally do remixes. Having said that, track 13 is the mindless mix of My Mind. Everyone, everywhere. mindless mix of my mind there and that i had should should be clear the reason why we're talking about it and not the three the two remixes on the end is because uh this is a track we haven't heard yet and haven't listened to on the album the other two are remixes of all that she wants and happy nation now this mindless mix is a great way to end the album proper the big rave up massive rave up and i just want to say a name mm. pet shop boys well, can I say another name? Yes. The KLF. Can I say another name? Yes. Barbara Knox. <laughs> <laughs> She'd have loved this. If there's an audience with Ace of Base in she's 1994 on TV. No, she's not. For me, this is a good song. This is an interesting song. This is another one of those you know, real ravey side of Ace of Bass songs. Don't mind it on the album, but I don't like it as the closer. And even though it's not the official closer, it's the last uh, original track on the album. On the original version, this appeared a little bit earlier on. I'd have I'd have had it a bit earlier, I think, Will. Uh, what is the closing track on the original version? So the closing track is... The banger version of All That She Wants, which of course is on this version as well, which we're not talking about. Uh, but the last original song is Young and Proud, which I think is a great way to go out. Just a word on the album performance. And all I've got to say is number one album in the UK. Number one album all over the place, actually. Number one everywhere. And um, very positively received and reviewed, actually. Uh, with a lot of with a lot of reviews citing the uh, the incredibly catchy, well written pop songs, but also the more experimental side. So you know, just as we've done today, we've enjoyed both those sides of Ace of Base. And the great thing is, Dan, that continues for uh, uh, many more albums still to come. And are we going to go track by track through them, Will? Oh, it'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? It'd be rude not to. Absolutely rude, and also it means that I can get into them. I've got a good reason to get into those albums. On just before we leave 
how well this album did and apologies will if i'm cutting you up and you're about to say this but i knew ace of base were big i knew they were popular i didn't realize that this was the uh best-selling debut studio album in history at the time selling more than 19 million copies worldwide i wow. didn't know they were that big wow 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 uh i bet bloody adele's knocked them out of the water now yeah, probably or several, oh, maybe not, several since then. Not a debut, though. I wonder who has got that. A bit of research for me, actually. Mm. Uh, but let's put that on the back burner for now and have some further listening. Uh, just sticking to this album, because we will talk about some of the all the other stuff, hopefully, at some point. Dan, mm? can I go first? I'd love for you to go first, Will. So, uh, do you remember how uh, there was ABBA and then there was the 18s? Mm-hmm. And they recorded very, very high energy, bouncy pop versions of ABBA songs. Yeah. Well, did you know there was a short lived group, two boys and two girls, doing the same thing with Ace of Bass songs? I had no idea. They were called A Bass, and they only released two songs, unfortunately. So I want to shine a spotlight on their version of All That She Wants. Up late in the morning and the day had just begun. She opened up her eyes and thought, Oh, what a morning! It's not a day for water, it's a day for catching ten. Just lying on the beach and having fun. She's going to get So that was a bass, uh, two lads, two lasses, uh, from Sweden, young'uns. Uh, they released all that she wants. They also did Never Gonna Say I'm Sorry, which uh, wasn't on this album. So maybe we will cover that when we do that album. Dan, what do you think? So when was this release, Will? Uh, 2015. Wow. I just, I like how, because I think the original one is quite timeless in a way, but I like how it's been given a more contemporary spin. It, yeah, it definitely sounded like it was from the last decade or so. Um but yeah, I think it's fun. I think Ace of Base deserve that tribute act. And these songs deserve to be heard by new audiences if somehow they're getting missed by by new audiences. So I'm all for it. Well, it's been they've come and gone. So it has if you haven't heard them, then this is the first time you hear them. I don't mind it actually. Uh I do in some ways like the 2015 donk they've put on it, but it's not for everyone. And of course, just before we move on from that song. We haven't mentioned, but I think we maybe I think it was maybe further listening choice on our Britney Blackout episode. She sampled the song, didn't she, on a track called Remembrance of Who I Am, but then it wasn't included on the album. Correct. What a memory. Dan, what have you gone for? So I have gone for a remix well. I think the wonderful thing about Ace of Bass and how they do continue is that they do like to rework their back catalogue. They do like remixes and new versions of tracks to get out there and we hinted at this one before this is wheel of fortune so the debut single which is just about to turn 30 but this is the 2009 version
2009 remix or version of Wheel of Fortune there. This was released by the band as a trio, their first single as a trio after Lynn left the band. And I just love how it has been given this completely new lease of life. Obviously the melody, the lyrics, all the same, but the music so of the time, so of 2009, but still sounding like incredible electronic pop music right now. Oh yeah, I've forgotten until we just listened to it how much I love this because I had listened to it quite a bit before, forgotten it, and then re-enjoyed it again just now. I love the grinding, the synths that have been layered into it, and the real bounce that it has to it, whilst maintaining the original essence of the track. And they also, in 2009, they also re-recorded and remade Lucky Love, Don't Turn Around, The Sign, and Happy Nation, which was released as a remix kit. We're out, out of, time. of time. And we certainly have banged on today. Uh, but for a good reason. What a great album. What an incredible album. So glad. Like I said, like we said at the start, this has been on the longest list. Probably the longest thing that's been on there. It's been on um, the longest list for the longest time. Yeah. yeah, and one of the longest episodes, probably, the amount of things we had to say about it. But so happy we've finally done that one. Which which Ace of Base album are we doing next? But don't answer that, Will. Listeners, let us know at Drive by Track UK. And let us know what you think about this one uh, at Drive by Track UK as well. And do join us again. Uh, do join us on Patreon, actually, because we are over there releasing episodes only available over there. Yeah, there are over 30 episodes now exclusively on Patreon. There are also episode votes where you can let us know which albums you want exclusively on Patreon. There's also the series Further Listening, where we delve into the back catalogues of our favourite artists. There's also early access to any albums where we're joined by the band to go track by track through them. There's probably more, Will. I just haven't got time to talk about it. No, we haven't got time, but do join us again soon for more track by track. Enjoy life. Life is a flower. Oh, happy nature. whistle down the wind. Until next time. I've been young and proud. And I've been a dancer in a daydream. Aww. Goodbye. Goodbye.